Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith Parrish. I'm here once again with my buddy, through the miracle of computer phone, here with John Burr. It's all a big canard. Oh, well played. Uh, Chuck is, as far as I can tell, Chuck went to Miami to help Dwayne Dedman pack. <laughs> yes. Is that accurate? <laughs> I think so. I think Chuck, he had to make sure. He did no that. No turned on a player from best backup center to. He said best I'm backup center play. last year, right? Yes. And you know. I am very guilty of watching a player for a few games and making grandiose statements about them. Uh, of course, we all are. And that's kind of that's kind of part and parcel of what we do here. Um, sometimes it's a little more pronounced than other times. But man, Dwayne Dedman's bad, like super bad. <laughs> But it made me wonder, is that just the nature of home team fandom where you just watch a guy where you kind of talk yourself into a I guy? I feel like Dwayne Dedman had this run where he was on the Spurs and the Hawks and he would come in when whoever was injured, whoever was ahead of him in the in the lineup, he'd come in and he'd bang a couple threes and he'd block a few shots. And you're like, this is prototypical stretch, so that's like, big rim protector. This is like so, a cheap Jaron Jackson. It's like what we used to do with, well, maybe not you, but what I definitely used to do with Gorgie Jang. Oh, exactly the or same I'd be as Gorgie like, J. Man, you know, we should just play Gorgie all the time. <laughs> like, what if we just got rid of Jonas Valanciunas and, and, and freed, freed Gorgie? No, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, Chuck Chuck has pinned a lot of the heat failures this season on Dwayne Dedman. And then the uh, him brandishing that foot massager as a weapon oh, was the so final good. straw. Chuck had to get him out of town. And so now Chuck is, he's the meme of going to my, my greatest enemy's funeral to make sure yeah. he's dead. Uh, that's, Ch <laughs> that's Chuck outside the... Uh, the FTX No More Arena, uh, making sure Dwayne Dedman moves on. Do you think Chuck was involved? Should Chuck have been involved with waking Pat Riley from his nap? You know what? At first, I, I knew this joke was coming, and at first I was ready to yes and, 
<laughs> I think no. I think maybe Pat Riley did the right thing by sleeping through this. Do you really want to shuffle around your Kyle Lowry's? I mean, why don't you just keep keep the keep the? It's like that. Uh, did you ever read that magnificent thread about uh, Del Curry's divorce? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like yeah. You don't want the, you don't keep, want to be out there. Don't get divorced. Keep Kyle Lowry. Everybody's the, friends with Kyle. Go back Lowry. to the wife of your youth. Yeah, or yeah. Whatever. They out here pegging, man. You don't want. <laughs> You can't Instead do drinking this. rose water. Yeah, yeah. They, they, you know, Tulum? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I wonder about this. There's this rumor apparently that Pat Riley was unreachable. He was he was resting, perhaps while I love the, the resting. Like, while I the Clippers were, I mean, is resting a euphemism for any number of activities? But apparently the Clippers, maybe we're going to swap something like Robert Covington and Marcus Morris for Kyle Lowry, which would make a lot of what the Clippers did make a little bit. I mean, I guess what the Clippers did on its own made sense. It would make more sense if they actually brought in a point guard um, right. after trade deadline day. But apparently uh, Pat Riley was unavailable. I mean, Kyle Lowry's been terrible. Terrible. For, just but, terrible. you know, he's going to do some annoying playoff performances. He's going to draw are, some charges in a game yes, three or four. Exactly. And we're going to be like, oh, yeah, this is better than angry Morris twin face. This on the is bench. angry. This is better than Reggie Jackson or John Wall. And, you know, and, and frankly, you know, like uh, Robert Covington. No, hadn't been great, but I'm still no. surprised he didn't get moved. Oh, let's I mean, let's go ahead and jump into it. We'll, we will. Uh, we'll be bouncing around. But I mean, would you rather have Luke Kennard or Robert Covington on the Grizzlies? Dude, that's not fair. It's not fair. I, yeah, I guess Robert Covington. I don't know. Like I know Kennard yeah, is really awesome at shooting threes, and I used to love talking about Point Kennard back in the day. Yeah, but man, I don't know if he just got old or hurt. But if you watch him now, he seems so bad and slow. Yeah, and then my friends who I have two friends who are Clippers season ticket holders, and they're like. Luke Kennard is unplayable and scared. Um, that's so. This is this is great. You said the word scared, right? We have we have not communicated about this. I had a Clippers writer who I asked him for the lowdown on Luke Kennard. He he might have used the phrase "pee running down his leg." <laughs> great. He said Tyrone Lou had a shoot or sit policy with Luke Kennard. If mm -hmm. he passed up a shot, you get benched because Luke Kennard would not shoot. And he was, for all intents and purposes, benched. So, I mean, he's been out of the, in the lineup. Uh, the, the one thing, and we will do our breakfast and we'll talk about the rest of the league um, after this, but as Grizzlies fans, it's, it's the one thing that he played at Duke. Is that where we're headed? No, it's, it's, it's <laughs> the one difference between Covington and Luke Kennard is Luke Kennard is signed through next year. Robert Covington is an expiring salary. And there are reports. Zach Lowe is saying irresponsible things. Zach Lowe is saying the Grizzlies offered it all for Kevin Durant. They offered four first-round picks and all the swaps. He's also really? saying um, he's saying that Memphis offered three first-round picks for Ananobi. He has said that some team offered four first-round picks for Mikhail Bridges, and the Nets rebuffed that offer. We don't know which team that is. But, John, hypothetical. Let's say some of these things are true. Let's say the Grizzlies offered three first-round picks. I hadn't heard any of this. I wish I, I didn't know. All right, let's work with it. it. It might not be true. It might be the Grizzlies just doing a PR play, but right. let's let's grant this could be true. If the Grizzlies offered three first-round picks for OG Ananobi and were told no, and then they offered four first-round picks for Mikhail Bridges and were told no, 
and then offered four first-round picks and multiple pick swaps for Kevin Durant, and we're told no. Yeah, you just you just quit. You just kind of quit, and because of that, I like the canard outside of the basketball element because makes over $14 million, million next season, and it sounds like the Grizzlies front office, if these things are true, are prepared to push everything to the center of the table. Thus, you need that matching salary of Luke Kennard for the offseason or for next season. So that's where I'm more encouraged now than I was immediately after the trade deadline. I guess I would agree with you, except I think I would just rather have Danny Green on the team than Luke Kennard. For this season. For this I, season, yeah. I said that before the trade deadline that mm-hmm. I'm. Uh, it was like a shrug my shoulders. Eh, I'd probably stick with Danny Green over Luke Kennard for this season. But now that I have this report, which again may not be true, but I have this thing said that the Grizzlies offered multiple picks to get to their guy. So if the Grizzlies right. are going to make an all-in move in the next 12 months, you're going to need the salary of Luke Kennard, thus more than you would Danny Green expiring salary, so you couldn't trade him in the offseason. Same with Robert Covington. So that, that's where I'm at. Can I pause this useless conversation to have a more useless conversation? Always. Um, what did we offer for Kevin Durant? I mean, I haven't heard this with my own ears, so this might be totally false. But I think Zach Lowe said on a podcast that the Grizzlies offered four first-rounders, which every pick they could offer, and pick swaps. Matching salary, you'd assume that would be Dylan Brooks plus Tyus Jones plus Danny Green. That's it? That's all. That's all we can no. offer. I no Jaron Will- or Bain. No Jaron no or Bain. There's no way Jaron or Bain's on the table. You don't. You don't make an all-in deal if Jaron. If you're also including Jaron and Bain, because you're not good enough. You might have a Suns conundrum, where I don't think you're going to be good enough. Do you I think the Suns be, are good enough? I may be haunted till my dying day about this information. Well, also Kevin Durant was in a situation where he picks where he wants to go, and I think that's uh, you know, none, uh, put up or shut up. Kevin Durant's like, I don't actually want to play with John Morant as much as I praise the Grizzlies organization. I don't want to live in Memphis. I want to go to Phoenix, wherever he people love. Up. People love Phoenix. Yeah, NBA players do. love Phoenix. It's like one of the most NBA player, like their population of NBA players is high. Yeah. With, you know, relative to other ex players, you know, still like hanging, hanging out. Yeah. I, I guess that's really what I'm saying. Yeah. But, yeah. um, but yeah, that's pretty, yeah. um, Let's do wow. breakfast. Let's do, what, okay, what is it? yeah. Are you, what, what was your wow for? Just thinking about Kevin Durant turning down the Grizzlies? Uh, Kevin Durant playing next to Ja and Jaron. I had the same titillating wow. sensation of the, the four hours I was allowed yesterday morning to dream about Mikhail Bridges playing alongside Desmond Bay oh. and Ja Morant and Jaron Jackson. I, mean, I really, I really basketball like all perfection. of those trades. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's Nirvana. I mean, that's just, I'm much that's, higher on Bridges than Ananobi. Oh, so so I, I, I'm fine Bridges with Bridges can shoot first. and dribble, <laughs> right? <laughs> I've like OJ Anunoby is one of those players that like I have heard so much about, and then when I'm watching him, I'm like, ah, Mikael Bridges just drills forty yeah. percent of his threes nonstop. Yeah, I think Mikael Bridges is probably going to eat in Brooklyn. Like, probably be. Uh, I'm not going to like be like peak podcaster and be like, look how good Brooklyn is now, dude. That's but my like, corner, and I'm going to lot. do it. I'm going <laughs> to do a, it. There's a lot of like fun players there. You um, know. the the Brooklyn thing, how they are right now, is is a big question for me. And so for this episode, let's talk about our breakfast. And after that, I'm going to give you some of my biggest questions post trade deadline that I have, and let's hear some of your biggest questions, John, that you have post trade deadline. And again, we haven't compared notes, so maybe they will overlap, maybe they will not. But anyways, a uh, breakfast. Have you had a breakfast? I have had. 
a handful of frosted mini wheats and a 44 ounce cup full of diet dr pepper so i am i am as they say teeming (laughs) i'm vibrant (laughs) you're basically lifting what my breakfast has been i eat a handful of whatever cereal i pour my children i today it was a handful of fruit loops to go with my black coffee like we got i don't know if it's just been all the uh travel uh but i've just gotten like super uh Super ill, super suddenly. Well, you've been Vegas and back, Vegas to Nashville, back and forth, right? I have been to Vegas four times in the past 10 days, like going back and forth. So. Anything anything and enjoyable LA. sports-wise in, in Vegas that you got to experience? None at all. I had I had a pretty sports-free experience. We even I, I convinced a couple of my friends to meet me there because I got so tired of like the Nicolas Cage-like experience. Of being alone in Vegas, that I <laughs> yeah, and the t- tickets were forty dollars to fly out there. Oh, that's amazing! So I got some friends to meet me, and we tried to go watch the Grizzlies at a sports book, and they wouldn't put it on. <laughs> <laughs> were you like, oh, okay? Maybe that's, they do hate the Grizzlies. That's oh yeah, maybe they have res- resentment. Has a it's true. The Grizzlies are the most hated team. Um, I've done Vegas a lot alone, and. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like I'll meet up with people that I have met on the internet, but like the first several years, I barely knew anyone. I was just there, literally uh, doing my doing my Nick Nick Cage thing, walking yeah. up and down, uh, people watching, uh, slinking in and out of, of joints, uh, seeing Ve- what's going on. Vegas depresses me. I have a uh, a uh, oh, it's very viewpo- view viewpoint similar to your wife's, where I'm like, this is wrong. I share that feeling, but somehow wallow in it. I, I, I cover myself in it like this is especially when you're there alone. You're like, this is so weird. It's like I'm on a different planet. Where are all these people? Why are they here? Why are they spending so much money? And I'm just like, this is crazy. I had a meal <laughs> in Vegas around. that was twice as expensive as any other meal I've ever bought, even yeah. for a party of people. Yeah. And it was just for me. Yeah. And as I finished it, I felt only despair. I um, I, I want to say I ate with a couple of power listeners before in Vegas, and it was like a ten person thing. And Demond we split, Rangula, and, and we split the bill ten ways. And I was like, "Oh my god, yeah, that's like a I could buy a PS five. What are we? <laughs> yeah. Um. So big questions. I have a big question about the Nets, and the big question about the Nets. Yes, I'm I'm I am very optimistic about how they play on the court this season. I tweeted last summer. If they turn Kevin Durant into Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson, I'm all in, and uh, <laughs> and they did it. So I feel like I'm I'm contractually obligated. I'm legally bound to stick with my. The Nets are going to rule. They're going to rule hard. But my biggest oh, no. question is uh, post trade deadline for the Nets. Why do they still have Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson and Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neal and Yuta Watanabe and Joe Harris all on the roster? Okay, I understand no one was taking Joe Harris's salary, but it seems like they could have picked up a few assets for just one of those guys and not have this unbelievable logjam of players, especially assuming they're still going to play Ben Simmons. Right. Ben Simmons was my biggest question. I was like, I guess, I guess you just don't want to trade when the value is so low, but the Nets are like very interesting team for me to watch going forward because like they don't have any of their own draft picks, but they have like other people's draft picks. 
Why wouldn't they they want to get more of other people's draft picks? So they could, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. So they could like actually end up trading those guys for more other people's draft picks and then just kind of build their seasons around where other people's draft picks are landing. And they can like, they can actually have the video game experience. Yeah, I was very. This doesn't happen really. I was very intrigued by just their game against the Bulls on Thursday night where Ben Simmons came off the bench. Yeah, they didn't start Ben Simmons, which seems like the way to go. But like I am, they they didn't even have Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson, who were just it was adorable watching them both together. Like they got traded together. I guess it's time to to talk Cam Johnson. Oh, what do you want to talk about? I mean, I guess no one was interested in in entering into an agreement where he'd have to deal with his restricted free agency in the coming season. I mean, I don't. I was just going to go non trade talk and talk about his three straight forty point games. Oh, oh, you! I, oh, excuse I thinking, me, Cam Thomas. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. yeah. I, all right, Cam Thomas. So Cam Thomas yeah. had a, had a he had those three straight forty point games, and then is had this an influx of wings going to ruin my Cam Thomas fantasy? I don't pickup? know. Is is he going to keep starting? Probably. I I don't know. Like they're going to once they're fully everyone clears the the trade windows and passes their physicals, will Cam Thomas still be the starting two alongside Dinwiddie? I don't know. They have a lot of options, but I do think I think the Nets are going to be like solid. They're going to win. You know, like they're going to win three fourths of their home games, no problem. And then I think they're going to be tough everywhere else they play. I don't think they're, I don't think they're falling down the standings very far. I mean, maybe there will be some calamitous drop, but it's, I don't. I it's don't just weird so. that that we've gone from are the Nets the scariest team in the East to face in the playoffs to like are the Suns the best team in the West? Yeah, like in an in a, in a, in just an instant. So, do you think the Suns are the best team in the West? Yes. Yeah. As much as I love the Nuggets, right? I just when it, <clears throat> it comes to a playoff series, I I'm more fearful of the Suns roster. I think, and, I would and still... I still, and I still just don't think the, you know, I still have, I still have like matches Malone apprehensions, and I still feel like they are so reliant on one transcendent guy. I, 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 and 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 that transcendent guy is is probably better than Kevin Durant now, you know, yeah. e- even in a playoff setting, like Jokic has been a true badass in the playoffs. Yes. But um, the Suns, to me, just, they they have so many guys they can turn to, to just take over games at pivotal moments that the I Nuggets only have one. I think, I think I would definitely trust the Nuggets over the Suns. I would also, this is just my own personal scars showing. Yeah. I'll take, I'll take the Warriors over the Suns. Like I think the Warriors, yeah, we just, the Warriors have a thing that I believe. I believe not yeah. just in like the the Steph Clay Draymond Magic. I believe the Warriors can win multiple ways. I believe they can mm-hmm. scratch out those offensive rebounds. I don't see anyone on the Suns who's getting a loose ball. Like that's that's a lot to ask of Tory Craig and Josh Okogie. And so you know, as as brilliant as the offensive talents of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are, and none better. I mean, basically, those are the two. Now they the Suns have the two best. One on one guys in the NBA, I think, as far as the you know, yeah, the the best one two punch that is, you know, um, I, I'll take those guys, probably getting their own shot over Kyrie and Luca, although it's very very close, but I, I still think the Nuggets are better. I think the Warriors might be better, and I, I I'm concerned about the Suns' ability to do like the little things, which is defend and rebound and slow down their opponent at all. Um, but it's gonna be certainly very very interesting. I mean the the, the 
the migration of stars from the east to west is kind of not worried about the west. Good with the west. Uh, yeah, we're fine in the west. Um, <laughs> it's undone some of the the player movement from the past couple of seasons. Um, what's a what's a question you have post trade deadline that you're that you you find yourself wondering? Um, I have so many questions. Uh, did here's a question. Yeah. Did you know about the Josh Richardson Devontae Graham deal? Yeah, I like it. <laughs> well, here's this is this is similar to something that I keep pitching. I wish the Grizzlies there would are do. trade deadlines where that would have been the biggest deal. It is. <laughs> it makes the Pelicans better this season. Yes, I, I like Josh Richardson on the Pelicans. It also um, signals that the Pelicans are not going to be that good going forward because they are deathly afraid. This is a luxury tax move. Yeah, this is a salary dodging move. The acquisition of Devontae Graham was that's an abject what I failure. To get to. Lighting uh, multiple picks on fire uh, to get uh, Devontae Graham and then to unload him. Um, so no, it's a it's a bad overall. When you look at the entire context of that move, bad bit of business from the Pelicans. If you look short sighted just on how good they are on the court this season, I do think they they have improved for this season. I thought that move, strangely, and the Wiseman move were the two most flag-planting moves. Uh, I, Wiseman was one of my questions. What in the world? I mean, I guess there's is there is there a downside to this? But they've the Pistons have announced they're starting James Wiseman over Jalen Duran. Jalen Duran is several years younger than James Wiseman and has proved he can play basketball, which James Wiseman has not. That is a weird one. Wimbanyama. Uh, do we give up? Do we sell our Marvin Bagley stock too? It's what about the Warriors? Sold. What about the Warriors who had Wiseman and Gary Payton too on their roster last year? Then dump Wiseman, get a bunch of picks, use those p- picks uh, to send to Portland to bring back Gary Payton too. So, in essence, unless I'm missing something, from last year's squad to this year's squad, they merely just. Dumped Wiseman for saying running it back, man. They are running it back. They want they after the after the code breaking, they want to just tie yeah. all this tie, tie the room back together and uh, run it back. But you know, they want it all, might as well. Um, more uh questions, yeah. Um, Cam Reddish once again, <laughs> the Blazers getting Cam Reddish and Matisse Tybel. Why? I don't, I mean, the the Blazers traded one of the only players on the, and I know that he cannot shoot anymore for some reason, but trading one of their only players on the roster that I like for a guy that has now done stints in some pretty, uh, war torn, war torn countries. They have that Josh Hart first round pick. It's, it's not a first round pick, right? It's if the, if it's, I believe it's the next pick this year. Right, which is lottery protected, and so the Knicks are—I guess the Knicks could miss the playoffs, but um, unlikely. If, I, I don't think so. If it doesn't convey this year, it becomes, I believe, four second-round picks, adding to the bevy of second-round picks that got moved. That was one of my questions, John. How many second picks are there in existence? How many um, future second-round picks are there in existence? I came up with my own formula, but I, don't I know think it's right. they're—I think they're NFTs, so it just depends on how much they're worth at any given moment. So, oh, kind of like my top shot. Do you collection. have to mine? Yes. To create. You got to grind. Grit and grind. You got to grit and grind. I mean, I guess, I believe you can trade picks all the way out to 2029. So Incredible. that's like 
seven years of picks in the future. And so every team has seven second round picks, except for the the Heats and Knicks and the people who've been punished of the world for tampering. So that's seven times about how... 30. That's about 210 picks maybe are in circulation. That's the currency. 210 uh, NFTs, second round picks are out there. And I believe like 12% like the of them got traded. Reserve where they print more second round picks when. Is, when doesn't the NFL do that? Something is Doesn't going the NFL on. print up extra draft picks when, when, when players and coaches move or something? I don't know much about the NFL. Um, I feel like the Pacers waived more good players than the Blazers just traded for. Where's Gogo Batadze going to end up? <laughs> Probably should can he replace Yusuf Nurkic. Can he pay? Yeah. Can he pay? <laughs> Who did he punch? Was it like Bogdan Bogdana? Who did he assault at the it Euro was, basket? It was, it, was it Fournier? I don't even remember. Who did, who did they have? Who, who was the, who was the back? Like the tunnel was it fight Was Kirk and Kirk Who, another oh, yeah, question. Yeah, it was Kirk and was. It Another was question. Kirk and Korkmaz is the star of the trade deadline. What is Kirk and Korkmaz doing right now? That's, that's, that's one of my big questions post-trade deadline. Have you ever broken up with a girl and they are told a girl you're breaking up with them and they're just like, good. Yeah, I was going to say that too. <laughs> I think that's what happened to Kirk and Korkmaz. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, it was. It, it, I was making sure it was in fact freaking Corkmas. Yeah, just double checking. So, here I have a question. Yeah, um, what's your question? Everyone is in unanimity about the Lakers uh, roster now. Yes. Uh, can you explain it to me in terms that a person who thinks D'Angelo Russell is every bit as poor as Russell Westbrook can understand? Okay. Um, I think if you consider, all right, if we're, if we're using your parameters, uh, considering Russell Westbrook and D'Angelo Russell to be equal basketball players. Right. You also picked up useful basketball players in Malik Beasley, who immediately right. is the best shooter on the entire team. High, high volume, three-point shooter, fairly accurate. Also, I believe the first, like, Malik Beasley signed with Clutch. He doesn't want to play anywhere but Los Angeles. I believe I first read that three years ago. Good grief. It was one of the, one of the Denver Nuggets people. Probably Adam Mares was like, yeah, he's just going to go to the Lakers. So no one should ever trade for him because he's going to do whatever he can to get to the Lakers. Um, but the Lakers get Malik Beasley. They also get Jared Vanderbilt, who sorely, I think, provides some energy athleticism, athleticism for that team. So I think if you just add Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt, you're better. I disagree with you that uh, the Russell Westbrook and D'Angelo Russell are, are equal players for this Lakers squad. I think just Russell being able to shoot is huge, massive. The Lakers right. picked up D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley, guys who can shoot the basketball. That's great. Just getting the ball out of Russell Westbrook's hands might be beneficial. That I don't know because I refuse to watch Lakers games. So I'd have to reply, rely on a Lakers expert to give me some analysis on that. But the Lakers expert might tell you that Russell Westbrook should be sixth man of the year this year. So how, how does this trade deadline affect Russell Westbrook's leading odds to be sixth man of the year? I think it's, I think they're toast. Out. How high is he going to fit? He's still going to finish high. People are going to, the voters are going to look at his stats for the year and be like, oh man. I guess I'll put him second. Right. I don't understand. Here's a question. I don't understand how the Lakers did all of that with just one pick. So is that what everyone's so impressed with? Because I, yeah. I just, that must be it because I just really don't like, 
I, I liked your Vanderbilt, but he to me he's like a hustle player. He's like, a hustle that's, player. That's they need a, for me. They need you a know? hustle player. Like I, you know, like uh, you know, Thomas. They got rid of Thomas Bryant. So Trade man, like baby. Some, yeah, so I feel like some <laughs> of that, some of the, some of the bloom is off the rose, and then like Malik Beasley. I feel they got like Mo Bamba too, which I found very, very bad. surprising. I mean, that was that was a a lot of player. A lot of teams did some good asset management. See, like, guys, guys they just me, signed like, last year. I'm saying Orlando Ma- just signed Mo Bamba and then didn't know what to do with him, signed him, and then got a few second round picks for him. Good job. Like when I look at that that big trade, like why didn't the Lakers end up with Conley? Like that's a fair question. That's what like that everything. Everyone's like, yeah, look at what the Lakers did. I'm like, the Lakers should have Conley. Like I think, that, that's I think who they Conley, should get. I think Conley's a better fit, but maybe the Timberwolves wouldn't. Okay, like do the Timberwolves need to be in that deal? Like it seems like the the Jazz like the, the and Lakers like, could have got rid happen. Like there's two players that I feel like were jettisoned in a weird way, and it was D'Lo and Bones out of Denver. Which if you watch Denver, you, you that was coming. This is what I said about the Bones Highland thing. I I watch Denver games and I'm like, eh, give me a Smith. I think I want a Smith minutes here. Bones kind of sucks, and then yeah. does not get along with his teammates. So yeah, I think that, he was that, he was basically he was basically <laughs> jettisoned. You know he. They basically got the least they could have. I feel like if they had traded Bones two months ago, they would, it would have been they no, could have gotten be, something. Oh, yeah, that, that that might be true. No, I'm looking at a. I am impressed that the Lakers. I mean, one, I'm impressed just okay. the sheer volume of things they do. They have done so many transactions; it's incredible the number of tra- just a, the sheer a, number of transactions. All that stirs the drink. It's just the NBA news transaction. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and the most beautiful woman at the party. I think I think the Lakers with what they have now are far more formidable than they were a week ago. So I, I do like the fact that they turned Russell Westbrook into useful players. You can never have too many useful players, I don't think. Big question I have. Another big question I have. How did the Clippers turn <laughs> Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, and John Wall into Eric Gordon and Mason Plumley and Bones Highland and basically they were second round pick neutral in those transactions. They didn't. The Grizzlies gave three second round picks for Kennard. Why are we giving three second round picks in a deal where they ended up with Eric Gordon? Seems like this benefited them. I know they they did a, they gave the Clippers a pick swap. That's going to be a pick swap with the Bucks. Maybe there's a little bit of risk there. You can see the Bucks finishing with a way better record than the Clippers next season, but it doesn't seem like the Clippers sent out enough to bring in Eric Gordon and Mason Plumlee guys who they think are going to help them with getting rid of players. They didn't want to play. Right. I'm still in my bums for bums mode, shuffling deck. Yeah, chairs okay. around. Like, like, like that's, I know that I'm supposed to care about, Plumley and Eric Gordon, and that's going to move the needle, but it just does not move the needle for me. I yeah. don't think Plumley can guard Jokic, and I don't think, you know, I think Eric Gordon is really old and bad. Um, like, I, I know he gets to the rim, like, every once... We're going to see that rejuvenated thing where he, like, gets to the rim a few times a game, but I don't, you know, I, I don't think his switchability is that important to, to... Like, once we get into the playoffs, I hope... That, that 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 Eric Gordon's switchability isn't what we're talking about, and I, in fact, no, it won't be. So who who, who dribbles? Who brings the ball up for the Clippers now? 
Is Paul it just, George. It's all Terrence Mann and Paul George? I mean, I yeah. know Terrence Mann is the untouchable point guard for them, but... <laughs> Them at least getting rid of of Reggie Jackson and John Wall, the, the two clear, true point guards on the roster. Not that they were that helpful. Reggie Jackson having a terrible year. But was John Wall returning to Houston with like a can full of gas and a handful of matches? I don't know. Like what's, ha- like, what's, ca- what's happening there? It's like what? a cruel cosmic joke. Here's another question. So Danny Green got traded to the Rockets in this deal. They Poor haven't guy. said whether or not they're going to buy him out, but you would assume they're going to buy out Danny Green. Can he just come back to Memphis, please? No, no he can't. Not allowed. But That's he can't. <laughs> Here's where he can go back to. John, he can go back to the Sixers. Yeah. How would it make you feel if Danny Green just went back to the Sixers? I want to, I'm going to mine deep all these feelings. Man, it really feels like we are just getting almost manipulated at this point. <laughs> As a Grizzlies fan, you mean? Yeah, yeah. That would be pretty. Uh, that would be pretty miserable for me. I mean, if if the Sixers ended up trading the twenty second pick for Melton just flat out Dude. and got Danny Green back, it's kind of like the Sixers have a roster spot. The Sixers didn't do much of the trade deadline. They got uh, the McDaniels brother who had some objectionable uh, legal stuff and um, they dodged the luxury tax, but they do probably need a backup center, maybe a, a Boban reunion with Toby, um, a Bobby Toby reunion, a Boban got bought out. It seems like they had added Danny Green um, if he were available in the buyout market. Also, like what if the Suns got Danny Green and Danny Green is useful in the playoffs? Wouldn't wouldn't that affect how you feel about the Grizzlies trading Danny Green for Luke Kennard? Because it, it it would for me. Or I'm like, oh, we helped a we helped one of the, the top Western Conference teams. I mean, that's that's why I find this all upsetting. Is I just feel like Danny Green, even even if you take the years where he was on the Lakers and bad, yeah, it feels like he was useful after that for good teams. He's useful. Yeah, it feels know. like you know he's just a type of player that you want on your team, particularly a team that's like struggling with identity and discipline issues. What? Um, if you can, if you can have a guy like, I don't know if Danny Green's the type of person to say anything, but if you have a guy in your locker room, who's won multiple rings and has, you know, playoff records under his belt, that yeah. seems like a good guy to have. Um, certainly over Luke Kennard. Here's another big question I have. Why? Why are Alec Burks, Bojan Bogdanovic, and Nerlens Noel still on the Pistons? I'm just glad that they're not on the Grizzlies. Okay. Oh, oh you don't even. Luke Kennard or Alec Burks? I prefer Alec Burks. I guess. I hadn't even thought about this until right now. I guess. I, I would. I'd rather take Alec Burks, but you know. That's what. That's right. I've watched. You know, Alec Burks will shoot you out of a game. But you bet is a. That is a conscious, we don't bench insane people for shooting. uh, Why? um, Ever. And also, so the Pistons, again, traded for, they they traded Sadiq Bey for what five, I think, I believe this is one of the five second rounders. Can we call this a five second violation? (laughs) Can, can, can you explain the Jakob Pertle sweepstakes to me? That's a great question. The Raptors, (laughs) who are under 500. Did not trade anyone, <laughs> except for what was it? 
Did they know all the who, good what, players were going to leave the West? Did Delano Banton go suddenly... out? Who was the uh, – oh, Kim no, Birch. Ban- yeah, but they didn't even, didn't they, didn't, they didn't even close. They, they didn't said even... no on Banton. They said no on Banton. The That's who the Spurs wanted, and they said no. <laughs> the The Raptors did not sell at the trade deadline. They held on to OG Ananobi. They held on to Fred Van Vliet, free agent to be. They held on to Gary Trent Jr., free agent to be. They held on to Pascal Siakam. Listen, I understand hanging on to your guys, specifically guys under contract who are awesome, like like OG and, and Pascal. But then they went and got their center. Part of the, one of the big themes uh, beyond the uh, give me five seconds, do you mean time or actual draft picks, uh, beyond that being the theme of the, the trade deadline, it was the reunions. It was the getting back together. It was Eric Gordon going back to the Clippers, D'Angelo Russell going back to the Lakers, Jakob Pertle going back to the Raptors. They traded a lightly protected first-rounder next season, a 2024 top-six protected pick, uh, two second-rounders to get their center, a center who cannot shoot. Kim Birch. For a team that does not shoot very well, how does this affect our, our precious Achua uh, fantasy stock? Some kind of bad. He's more, I know he's more on a wing, but those all those lineups, once OG comes back, you assume uh, Project 6-9 is Project 6-9 over. Although, you know, hack of is a thing. It is. He might he might get those crucial late-game minutes due to it. it I ha- just didn't... Hacka Jakob, I believe is yeah. the word. Yeah. I, I, I just didn't... Yeah, a Hacob. I just didn't <laughs> know that this could be a thing. Like, I didn't realize that this could be one of the ways to spend first round draft capital. Well, well also it's just one of those things where they, they draft for the guy and they're, they're just enamored and maybe they're like, we can unlock even more. We had this guy so high. And that goes back to the Pistons thing with James Wiseman, uh, Amari Sankofa, who, who the beat writer for the Pistons is like Troy Weaver had James Wiseman at the top of his draft board in 2020. Like, Why would you say that? Why would you tell people that you gotta, you gotta burn those notes, man. You can't be telling people that. You can't say I guess, that. I guess this is like kind of similar to the Gary Payton maneuver. Like, it's just like, let's get the band back together. Yeah. I mean, the, I understand when you draft a guy on draft night being like, I can't believe whoever was, I can't believe Tyrese Halliburton fell all the way here. We had a number one on our draft board or even someone bad. You just, whoever you draft at like, I can't believe Mason Plumley fell to us. We had a number one on our draft board on draft night. I get it. Years what? later, when we've seen LaMelo Ball and Franz Wagner play, and we've seen James Wiseman play, to be like, guys, guys, get excited. This is who I thought was number one. It's like, dude, I would not be telling people that. What is your favorite sneaky small move that you think we will mention in the playoffs? I have a good one. I Oh, that's I'm actually stumped by this. I don't know. Okay. Um, I don't know. What's yours? I, I'm I'm blanking. Mike Muscala to the Celtics. See, if you would have said, what am I going to say is the sneaky move that's going to affect one playoff game? I would have said, well, you're talking about, you're talking about Celt- Mike the, the Celtics. Celtics. When he has uh, 17 points in a closing game. The, the Kelly Olenek Memorial game <laughs> six or seven or whatever it was. Um, when we're talking about the screens he sets in his pick and roll game with Derek White. His on-off numbers the on tape. the Thunder are incredible. Dude, Muskie Mike been PR God for he, years. He's he's been great. On that, the Hawks. that was a low-key, <laughs> that was a low-key Presty tanking move. It's like we gotta 
the Mescala minutes are too good. I actually don't want to make the play in. It's time, as my buddy Andrew Schleck says, we got to pull a lever. We got to pull a lever. Pick up a couple, a, a couple, gate. a couple more losses. Um, oh, I just noticed this. Otto Porter. Uh, yeah, end of season. I knew uh, I knew he was out for the season, but the uh, the Raptors getting a disabled player exception, uh, f- financial grievance awarded. I feel like I feel like if Riley wasn't asleep, he could do that with Lowry this year. Uh, like this market. guy is dead. Buyout market usually doesn't matter. So, yeah, this is where I could use some help. Um, Will Barton is is maybe going to be bought out. Will Barton, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, started every game for a Nuggets team that was good last year. Like I don't, I know, I know we give the credit to Jokic and not Barton, but Will Barton seems like he's a useful NBA player. Couldn't the Nuggets just get him back? Couldn't that be a get the band back together? He could be the bones replacement. I think he has to be, as the phrase goes, touched by another team. Okay. Um, because I believe they traded Same him. thing with the... It's been yeah. 12... It hasn't been 12 months. He can't come back if he gets waived. Um, it seems like Will Barton could help somebody just as... I mean, just again, I feel like for buyouts, I don't know the Suns' exact situation with their roster. Um, Will Barton seems better than Malik Beasley to me, but... That's just false, I think. Okay. I think just the pure shooting, just the pure shooting. I love Will, I love Will Barton's game because he is a guy who he's just, for lack of a better phrase, just he, he can just play like he, right? Not a smooth shooter, but like he he's a scorer. He can score. He can defend a little bit. He's got good size. Um, it's I guess it's kind of weird that the Wizards don't play him. I mean they don't have any they don't have playing time available for they didn't have it for Rui Hachimura. They don't have it for yeah. Johnny Davis. So I guess it makes sense that Will Barton is not in the rotation at all, but seems like he could help. Um Wizards break the simulation. Can can Reggie Jackson help anybody? No. Is he man. so bad that he can't help? I just feel like he's been a little banged up. I I don't feel like he he could have fallen off this big of a cliff. So quickly. I think you're just being nice to that one guy you had on here who loves Reggie James Jackson. Herbert. So I mean that Yeah, maybe so. You know, Reggie, you know, Reggie Jackson gets so much equity out of a few playoff games where he went off. What are we can we can wrap up with this. What are your thoughts on just uh, the shakeup in the West with you already said you think the Suns are the best team. We haven't talked about Kyrie going. To I think it's awesome for Dallas. The Mavericks. Yeah. You know, just. I think it, just having. A, a number two for for Dallas will be enormous, <clears throat> and I know everyone likes to dunk on Kyrie, but he's you know unbe- unbelievable. They, they have two guys who could score at will now. Yeah, and Kyrie, you know, you know, quietly having one of his best years on the court. Yeah, on the court. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> preparatory remarks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so in the but, in the East, there's a clear Celtics and Bucks, right? And I, I don't know. We, do we, I don't think we put the Sixers in that category. The Bucks have not lost since Chris Middleton uh, has has returned again. I believe nine straight now for Milwaukee. Celtics and Bucks. Milwaukee, of course, picks up Jake Crowder. Um, Jake Crowder. Five seconds. Um, I think I would. I think I've. I think I would stick the Sixers in there. Okay, so Celtics, Bucks, and Sixers. And then How, I think there's. And then I think there's like a there's like a gulf. You can yeah. even say there's a gulf between. Sixers, Bucks, Philly, and then Philly like gets their own tier. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think then, Celtics, then, Bucks. Uh, for again, for me, those are the two. And then there's a tier of just the Sixers. How about the Cavs doing nothing? 
I mean, they got they traded for Donovan Mitchell. What are they supposed to do? Yeah. How about the Bulls doing nothing? How Are those the, the only two teams that did nothing? How about the... I think so. How about the Bulls just being like, this is our team? Weird. I mean, there, I guess there weren't kudos a lot of... Kudos to the Bulls for rolling over to the Grizzlies, letting us... Kudos to Allowing me. us to make no moves, by the way. Um, <laughs> Giving us a glimmer of how, hope that the old Grizz are back. <laughs> let's, let's, let's do some hierarchy of the West and how you think they compare okay. to the Celtics or Bucks. Is anyone as good? Are, are the Suns as good as the Celtics and Bucks in your mind? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna go and, with the, and, and, and the Nuggets. I'm gonna go with the hard no. Um, okay, I, I like I like I think the top of the West is is as good as the top of the East, and would not be surprised if they beat them in the finals. So Suns and Nuggets are the best two. Who is your third? Are you gonna? Where did the Grizzlies, I'm a Mavs and Warriors, person. and Mavs show up for you? All right, I'm so a Ma- Ma- I'm so a Mavs next. person. Yes. Before here's here's a question. Now I'll have the one one week the ago. What was your Western Conference hierarchy? Did you think, despite losing a bunch of games in a row, that the Grizzlies were still near the top of the West a, a week ago before the trade, all the trades happened? I probably was. I still have Grizzlies and Warriors basically in the same tier for me. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm just not as just not as high on them as uh, people who watch a lot more basketball than me. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, that's like you know we there's basically. You you jump the Warriors up. You you ignore all the the stuff that's keeping them low in the standings, and then you just you have six teams in the West. And I guess I probably have, or not six, because I'm I'm not I'm not in on King still. Uh, so five teams in the West. And if you wanted to call me a homer and exclude Memphis, I would accept it. Gotcha. And I think and I do think um, Phoenix and Denver are, are. I think there's a Phoenix and Denver tier. Then I think there's a Dallas Clippers tier, and then I think there's a Memphis Warriors tier. And that's kind of where I am. Interesting. I think I would do it. I think I would do it. Nuggets Nuggets still won. I got Warriors two. And right. that's, again, giving them a lot of benefit of the doubt. And it uh, is so I, I think I got funny sons, to talk to Warriors three. fans who are as despondent oh, as Grizzlies fans How would you right not now? be despondent? If, if yeah. you're a fan of that team, you know, it's hard to console yourself. I mean, I guess you can console yourself with all the rings, but still watching this team and how much they keep losing. It's like, well, I don't know. Maybe we're, maybe we're, maybe we're not any good. Um, I have the Grizzlies and Mavericks pretty close. I think, I, I think the Grizzlies are better than the Mavericks. I think, I mean, not I think in a to, playoff series, the Mavericks would beat us in like five games. That's why I, I worry that Luca is so good at slowing the game down and getting into a yeah. half court battle. And if you're just trading half court, Offense, yeah, the Mavericks would yeah. be, would be down the Grizzlies. I, I mean, I basically think you know the Grizzlies are a solved team in this era as far as playoff basketball, and that we that I think we're going to have to change our identity and our roster well, if they before don't... we are before we are good in the playoffs. I, I I was surprised at how well we did last year, and I would be pleased to do as that well again this year. I, but but you know. Well, I, mean, I just one think of these, it's... obviously one of these teams is losing in the first round, quite obviously. Yeah. And that's we haven't even mentioned like the Clippers or the Pelicans. But yeah, it's tough. I mean, I think if you if you're playing the Grizzlies, you just you pack the paint and then you run back on defense. You don't offer support. You get back on it, make sure you don't no turn don't turn the ball over, which everybody says, but really don't turn the ball over. This run could back all on, change, you know, run if, back on if, defense. If, if if like the coaching philosophy even if the coaching philosophy changed suddenly and we just 
played our best players, I would feel differently, but that's not what we do. I mean, my, so, my, my, my big fear to go hyper Grizzlies focused is that it's going to be all small, small ball. And maybe it'll work. Maybe it'll be like seven seconds or less. Um, like the idea of Jaron is the only five or Jaron and Steven Adams is a four or five with like Bain, Kennard, Morant. That might be perfect. It might be amazing because because J- Jaron is that spectacular and that uniquely gifted as a defender more than anyone else in the NBA right now. And if Steven Adams is just rebounding everything, that formula might work. I'm worried Huge it's question. not going to work. I, I do feel like Steve-O has unlocked something mentally in his game to where he doesn't have to be benched in the playoffs this year. Am I insane? I don't, I don't think he needed to be benched last year, but I do think the Grizzlies, yeah, the Grizzlies um, pick and roll coverage, the drop coverage, the way that he plays a higher. I think, I think that that is addressed. Um, I feel I'm like just worried. They're right. going to, they're going to roll so much small ball and I'm, and I've never, it hasn't I'm, I'm, worried, I'm worried we're going to get torched a la when we had Grayson Allen, like Luke Kennard's not in the rotation. Yeah. For a no, Clippers I, team that's not very good. And you, like, you can make you can make an argument that Grace Allen's better than Luke Kennard, so let's not. We can't yeah. do this. Yeah, we, yeah. we we can't we can't we can't pin our hopes and dreams to Luke Kennard. Like, no, I, my that can't hopes be and, something we my, do. My hopes and dreams are the Grizzlies play their current starting lineup plus Brandon Clark. The end. Yeah. Like that, that. Those are my hopes and dreams. Um, they're they're not really pinned on like on this every train. good playoffs like dream scenario is is a dream. Like it, it's like a a best case thing. Like right. it just doesn't, it, it is not, they're not a team that's aligned to do, to have playoff success right now. I just don't see it. I wish I did. I th- I think they definitely could have that playoff success. So what would we, we need to play? Like we'd have to face like, I think, they match up fine. Or- I think they match up fine against the, uh, Suns Clippers. Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't like the Clippers. Not matchup. terribly against the Nuggets, even. Honestly, the okay, Mavericks is the specific lineup. The Nuggets matchup that, is better that, than people would think. It scares me. Yeah, I think the Nuggets matchup is fine for the Grizzlies. Um, I think you have definitely awoken my fears that I've always had of the Mavericks in the specific matchup with the Grizzlies. Them now yeah. having Kyrie too just does yet feel like death. Anyway, uh, let's do let, let's wrap up. You want to do okay, a, you, 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 no, you're fine. Um, a kudos. Do you have a kudos to me or a par fadeaway that you want to, you want to clo- close that show, um, close the show with kudos to me. I don't think I got anything right about the trade deadline. I think I was going to try to say, that there wouldn't be that much action. I think we just sussed out that every team except for two made a trade. So there's, there will be no kudos to me. I guess you will get a technical kudos to you. Cause I, the Grizzlies didn't do anything big. No oh, kudos to me. Yeah. Oh, um, actually, no, I cannot do a kudos to me. My official bet was nothing. My official bet. Okay. They, would do, they would do nothing by doing something. No kudos to me. Um, how about kudos to, uh, I did, I did, I did say, uh, oh, I have a kudos to me. Yeah. I have been saying that bones Highland was going to be kicked off the nuggets. <laughs> kudos to me. Good job, John. Oh, actually <laughs> yeah. I do have a kudos to me. Uh, John, I, in the preseason bet at terrible odds for the Raptors to make the playoffs. They're going for it. Kudos me too. to me. Me great, too. I also have that bet. Great job. Masai Ujiri traded for Yakupurdo. Oh. He's a listener, power listener, Masai Ujiri. I guess I'll, I'll do a par fadeaway because we haven't mentioned them very much other than passing. 
I mean, I'm there's so, certainly par fadeaways at hand. <laughs> I'm so interested in the Timberwolves, in the fit of Mike Conley. My fear is Mike Conley drops another two for 13 elimination game in the playoffs, which would, would as far as that doesn't further. happen. I think it's all gravy. I love Kyle Anderson and Mike Conley reunion. The Timberwolves yep. who I just said, you just got to get out of ants way. Just put ball players around ant. And I think swapping out D for Mike Conley does that. Also, there's the potential reunion of Patrick Beverly. Yeah. Again, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think rules. they said no, actually. Yeah. Well, I think Dane Moore was saying that Patrick Beverly can can go back. Um, I think it was, the te- didn't the team say they had no interest? Well, I thought Dane Moore mean? was saying they, they did have interest. So maybe I, maybe, maybe <laughs> okay. I'm wrong there. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, I, I find the Timberwolves very, very interesting. And of course, Carl Anthony Towns is coming back. Yeah. He's got to help them, right? He can't actually be the hipster podcast take that this best shooting big man of all time somehow I, I, harms the chemistry I, and harms the team. I think getting rid of D'Angelo Russell is huge. Yeah. And that's why I just can't wrap my head around Lakers stuff. They added like two bad guys. Well, I mean, and the Lakers, of course, lost that big game before the deadline to the Thunder, the LeBron. By the way, should we mention that LeBron set the scoring record? No, we should not. <laughs> that's not our podcast. That's not our podcast. I do. Uh, I do think there's something to the... Um, the uh, rumor that uh, Thomas Bryant was traded for calling for the ball when LeBron had uh, 30, <laughs> 34 points. <laughs> uh, iconic all-time photo. Uh, and you could be, you can tell your kid in the future, see that guy right there? Traded 24 hours later. Just they, uh, they got him out of there. Anyways. Um, uh, parfait away. Uh, Grizzlies get to play at 2 o'clock on a Sunday. Always fun. Against the Celtics. Oh, parfait away. So, the God. Grizzlies are playing the Celtics on Super Bowl Sunday. That has never happened before. What a sporting day we have at hand. What a sporting day. By the way, if you're a Grizzlies fan and you want playoff tickets, well, buddy, you better have bought those season tickets. Uh, you can call right now, see if they have any more. Get the best seats at the lowest prices and guarantee your playoff priority by calling 901-888-HOOP or clicking grizzlies.com. If you want to support our show, do that at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. Thanks to everybody who came to the playback watch party. Um, We'll probably have a watch party again. I don't know, but we'll definitely have one next week. Those are going very, very well and are a lot of fun. Also, if you join our Patreon, you can join our Slack channel. Talk about whatever you want around the clock. Patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the Grits and Grinds YouTube channel. You guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being TNG. Fab break break, man. You understand? Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com.